0: What's up meeples, on today's episode we are talking about the resurgence of the board game industry, perceptions that stem from modern board gaming, how we find the games we have for the best price, the importance of supporting your local gaming stores and a few secret hidden gems on the high street. Along with bringing you all your usual weekly news, kickstarter campaigns and event information, This is the podcast with Crawley Gaming Community. Welcome back to the show, guys. My name is Jason, and I am Ian we are two game club organizers shooting the breeze about tabletop gaming so in 2020 has obviously been a strange year for all of us with being forced to stay in our homes and removed from doing the things we do in our normal day-to-day lives but for me it has really given me the time to think back and realize just how sizable the shift in modern board games popularity has been over the past few years whilst lots of things can indeed be thanked for the variety of those board games we play what is it that's caused the change in the industry and potentially even given us a second golden era of board gaming
1: that's a really good question growing up um family board game nights consisted of really i don't want to use the term simple but you know entry-level games like monopoly cluedo jenga which are good you know interesting family games but a lot of us have a different um, opinion on them nowadays with the variety we've now got available to us. But board games genuinely were like a taboo subject. You know, again, we've, we've brought on it before, the image of, you know, nerds hiding away in a cupboard in the corner, you know, with their precious board games, video games. That sort of, you know, that seems to be changing for the better. People are realising that there are such a wide variety of games from the sort of ones you'd expect to see from those stereotypes all the way to really, like, quick fun games, you you, you know. So the first thing is there's just a different social view of it all, you know... It's okay to like these things now, which is good. And it's okay to, you know, be interested in nerdy and geeky things.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I think uh, keeping on the social side of things as well, I think it's far more acceptable just purely because people want to be together again. Yeah. You know, there's a sense of nostalgia, I suppose, uh, of times gone by from when we were kids where, yes, we would meet up and play football in the park or go to the park. But, you know, although games consoles were a thing they weren't as big a thing as they are say at the moment in the modern day so as kids and families they they spent days together you had family days and usually family days meant things like board games
1: yep another thing another take on it as well is um it's actually become a cheap alternative to a good night out people have tweaked that you can spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds going and meeting down a pub on expensive drinks, you know, and have your social aspect. Or you can sit around a table at home with a board game and a load of drinks that were bought a lot cheaper with, say, a £40 pound board game. Once you split that between four heads... That can provide several nights of entertainment. You know, at a really cheap price when you split break it down. Whereas going to the pub each time is going to be the same expense and outlay each time, and yeah, it'll it's be not per always a, yeah, and it's not always affordable.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the other thing I, I I've always thought about as well is uh, playing board games also brings like intellectual challenges and strategic thinking, and I, I love games like that because it really does make you think. It makes you use your brain power, which whichever way you look at it is educational yep
1: and again even the different types of games you know some of them can bring out the um, problem solving side especially the cooperative ones um player versus player always goes down well um we like having a laugh with each other and you might find particular people find it funny to pick on each other i'm key for that but those are the nights that become the memorable ones as well when funny things happen
0: yeah definitely Uh, you're creating memories so one other thing I think personally, I know it's definitely something I feel, is playing a physical board game just brings that element of joy of just being able to hold a physical piece or roll a die, or even admiring the just pure artwork that can be printed on some of the boards or even the cardstock.
1: You know, there's a game recently that's done well, Wingspan, um, that's won many awards, but not just for its fantastic gameplay, but it's also for its um, box and its artwork and the pieces, how well it's been designed and crafted.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Although although I haven't played that game, I have seen it in person and just the artwork on it is just stunning. It is beyond belief. I find it more attractive than some art pieces in art galleries. And I think um, one, at least one more point that we could make about modern board games and what is definitely something that attracts people is the sheer variety of of games about nowadays yes we see reskin after reskin on certain things it's not technically a bad thing sometimes it can be but it's a discussion for another time but just the pure variety overall with games
1: yep again I I harp on about um, how many different types of genre of game there are but then there's just also each genre has got an endless supply of different takes on it and um, there's always something new I was having a good chat with a friend of mine the other day about how excited we are for certain games that are being developed at the moment and how for a genre like, for example, me and cooperative games, how there's a new one coming up that's just based off of a tower defense app on the um, mobile phones and how interesting we take it is because we can't think of anything like that currently in the market.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, definitely, especially if a board game developer manages to hit on something that hasn't been done before, it's a really attractive prospect to gamers that are pretty experienced at playing modern board games it's it's good for people that aren't experienced if it's just something that attracts them like you said if it's something that's based on a mobile phone app people will probably know that game from their phones and if they suddenly see a physical version of it they're more likely to want to give that game a try another thing that i might be on my own on this opinion but i have recently seen a massive buzz in society and that is the use of escape rooms. And when you really, really look down into what an escape room is, they share many similarities to a lot of board games. Would you agree with that? And Yeah,
1: I, I've had the luxury of them doing escape rooms. Shout out to one of my friends. I um, put one as part of his um, uh, stag do, which was great fun.
0: <laughs> I bet his wife-to-be would have loved you if he hadn't managed to get out. <laughs>
1: But no, I I thoroughly enjoyed that experience and I definitely um, look forward to going to more of these. They're good fun. It's amazing how much problem solving we enjoy doing when we don't see it as a task and see it as something enjoyable.
0: That is actually a really good point, Ian. I'd never ever thought of it that way myself. We all complain about having to use our brains when we're at work and stuff like that, but yet we happily do it all the time when we're playing a board game, so no one can really complain about that anymore, can we? (laughs) Another good point um, someone raised to me the other day was obviously decades ago now, we you know digital gaming became an incredible phenomenon and it started to take over. We've had many console wars at this point. How do you feel that affected the board game industry and did they have to adapt in order to survive?
1: Um, I think recently they've gone hand in hand. There's a lot of board games that now end up on consoles and the PC. You know, ignoring just the tabletop simulator we've talked about before where games are recreated to play and test from home. Lots of the big branded games like Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne...
0: Sentinels of the Multiverse.
1: Yeah, they've all gone online with their own apps. I mean, I I played a legacy game called Charterstone that this year has launched its own app to play that again and again with people all over the globe. Okay. Which is really interesting to see, you know, and watch them develop.
0: It's, it's good for that they've uh, that they have adapted themselves so that they are trying to get hold of those people that are only really involved in the digital side of things. Again, all works on the same principle. What we were talking about earlier. If they've played the digital game and they see a physical game, maybe, just maybe, they might make that transition. But another thing that. I I feel that board games have definitely done in order to try and bring in the youth of today who are super glued to their mobile phones is with certain board games are being released now with um, apps that are actually required in order to play the game. How do you think that has changed things? Has it changed it for the good or the bad?
1: I'd say I'm 50-50 on that one. Um, I have experience of kickstarting a game last year that is app-based. And it is great fun. Um, I've got the U-Boot board game based oh, off yeah. of a submarine. So you have a crew of four. The app gets used throughout the whole thing. You have to react. You can speed up time and slow it down, but it will bring it back to real time when you're attacked by planes, other submarines, when your engines fail. You have to sort of. Uh, but you all have four different roles, and you've got to work together and plan. But that includes like react, you know the app doing things like one of them actually gets to use it as a periscope, which is great fun
0: that actually sounds pretty cool
1: but on the flip side you always have to have that app available otherwise that board game becomes useless so
0: so do you think that there there is a real risk there that at some point they will cease to support the game with with, with the app i mean there's a
1: good chance of that you know in the short term that's not going to happen but what happens if you pick that board game up in like 15 20 years time will the apps even work you know we we've seen technology change in our lifetime from floppy disks all the way up to an SD card that could probably run a, a room full of computers. That, um, for, you know, from t- yesteryear,
0: I still remember playing Snake and thinking that that was uh, revolutionary. You know,
1: yeah. So it's interesting to see um, whether the app-based board games will continue to be supported, and you know how backwards compatible they'll be, or whether they will just become a thing of the past. Who knows?
0: Well, let's uh, let's hope they're not you know one fear that has always gone through my mind and is especially nowadays um, with what's going on we're all sitting at home we're all playing on things like tabletop simulator tabletopia vassal and those kind of those kind of apps on the computer what and it it's stuff of my nightmares really that you know i'll wake up tomorrow and all the board game companies have, have decided that production costs are just too high and have decided that they're just going to go digital, and it could be the end of the cardboard revolution as we know it.
1: I'm not sure. I see that one happening. One of the lovely draws about board games is getting people around a table and that social aspect, especially more so than ever. You ask anyone at the moment trying to substitute our board games online with that instead of playing the real thing. It's great being able to open it to more. We were playing from someone with another country um, only last only yesterday evening, but which we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. No. But on the flip side, it's not the same of having all those people in a room around you, you know, having a laugh, having a drink, Um, even having a meal, you know, with a board game night as part of the night. And it it just doesn't have the same appeal. We're social creatures. And I hope it's not too long before we get back to that.
0: I completely agree with that. My personal opinion, going back to the the app-based thing with, with regards to board games is, as much as it does annoy me and it does scare me for the future of board games, It is frankly a stroke of genius because the youth of today who are stuck on their mobile phones stuck watching televisions they are the gamers of tomorrow and if if we don't manage to get them that in itself could be the end of board games so incorporating technology into board games though it may not be something that true hardcore gamers won't really like it is also a a brand new aspect of the game it does bring in new people you know my, my son is turning seven years old very very soon and already to my disapproval i may add knows how to operate more electrical gadgets than i think i ever could so the real question Ian is do you think an app is enough to sustain board games from becoming a thing of the past
1: I can see them working in a symbiote way side by side you need one to support the other um, having games that become apps has been a huge thing as I said there's loads of the games now Are you can go on the app stores and actually just buy and play you know even a silly things like Uno you know how many people have now got that on their phones you know just being able to pick up and play with anyone in the world there and then but again just as i said before it's you can't take away that real life experience of picking up the pieces feeling what you're doing planning what you're doing learning together in in a room it's we found it easier ourselves to learn a game from a box in person rather than learning it from printed stuff on a screen
0: Without a doubt, I definitely find things a lot harder to learn if I'm trying to learn learn a board game for the first time, but I'm trying to learn it on an app, especially if it's an unofficial app like uh, Tabletop Simulator, that kind of thing. But I mean, there's there's one particular game that has sort of stuck in my mind that I could ask you because obviously I think you're going to have the experience with it, and that is the Pokemon TCG. Obviously, we all know your backstory at this point. We know that you love the game in person. I also know that they do have the digital version, of that game and I mean have you tried it and how does it compare to the physical version considering it's been out now for quite some time it's again
1: it's still not the same as playing it in person You can read an opponent that's in front of you by their body actions, um, their reactions, facial expressions, tone of voice even, to know whether you're in a good or bad position without seeing any different of what's on the table in front of you. You lose that online.
0: So immediately, uh, reverting back to the board games here, immediately social deduction games are kind of never going to work.
1: Yeah, but you know, having it all to access, it can be a lot quicker to play a game online because... Everything's instantly resolved for you rather than having to do all the maths in your head and whatnot there and then. The Pokemon card game in itself, as much as I adore the game, their online system is still buggy even after I think it's something like six or seven years that this thing's been live, Um, which is a shame. Magic the Gathering's got a much better online presence to look at. They seem to have a handle of theirs in a lot better fashion. But both games are still good online. And I do use both, even if I don't play Magic in paper. A good example is Magic Online is free to play. So I don't have access to all of the cards, especially in real life. So it's good to be able to still play these games, even though I can't afford to. Yeah, so um, I wouldn't have had that option. Um, funding two card games as well as a board game habit is just uh, almost nearing impossible for me at the moment. <laughs> so it's nice to see. And again, I, I got you to try a game on the tabletop simulator of um, the Digimon card game the other night just to help me have a look and see what both of us thought of it just as a start. And again, having these as options is mu- is nice to have platforms to test things on. You might decide you like a game after learning it on one of these platforms, and then go out and spend money on it, you know, and it's a lot of money to waste if you get it wrong, especially on a collectible
0: card game. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean back to back to board games themselves. There are um we've obviously been over quite a few factors that are positive for the industry and what it is that is bringing people in, but there is also a negative to everything, and I do think we should cover a couple of those now. And uh one of the key ones that I think is off putting to many, many people is when someone is looking at getting into a modern board game they go to their local store and the first thing they see is modern board game 70 pounds and the first thing that goes through their head is well hang on a minute i've seen older style games like the game that will not be named for no more than 30 pounds how do you feel that really really affects modern board gaming as it is and yeah you know, what would you say to people
1: it makes it a very difficult industry to um, get into I think I touched on this on our last episode as well where this is where having the um, social groups really comes in handy because I a personal game for me that I struggled to just take the plunge on was a game called zombie side because it's very miniature heavy with large plastic miniatures about as smaller ones in it the game I. I think retails at like 80 to 90 pounds just for the base game. And that's without anything you want to add to it. But it's one of my favorite games. But trying to decide whether it's worth a punt of that sort of money, you know, you could buy a games console for double that. You know, each individual game on those is half that value almost. So yeah. it's it's a big commitment. But again, this is where things like tabletop or the communities that other people may have these games to try or give you an idea of what they play something similar to. So you could try a similar game to whether you want to, to take that. Um, risk or not and it is difficult as you rightly said it can be a big negative because it can turn people away but if you can prove why they have these price points and that they're worth the money then it can still become a cheaper investment than going and you know going um having massive parties every weekend or something like that
0: without a doubt and like you said uh, i think you touched on it a bit there which was what's the justification of those prices and i think again a lot of people when you are comparing it to the older style board games like scrabble etc there is substantial difference because you know if it is a game that's going to be costing in the region of 70 plus pounds the likelihood is one it's going to be a massive box two it's probably got plastic miniatures in it it's probably got hundreds upon hundreds of cards it won't just have five metal pieces and a small deck of cards and a dice (laughs) and a dice you know And again, we touched on it earlier, is artwork. Artwork on these cards. You know, artists don't work for free. You know, these things cost money and preparation of going into these games, the design of these games, even working with game mechanics, it's not easy. So it is about knowing what it is that's gone into that game. And, you know, is it easier to try and get that through to someone or is it easier just to get them to try and join in a a game, see if they like it, and then try and show them why? Yeah,
1: I genuinely think... I said I'm very passionate about teaching people how to play these things and I like to see, you know, again myself, I know if I go into a store, I'd like to at least have someone who can tell me why, you know, why this game's good, what you know, and then warrant the price points it is, and is it the sort of thing, you know, can they recommend something similar to it so at least I can try and get a mental picture of what I'm picking up before I started. As with a lot of things these days, I recommend you you have a, you do your research, you know, before you buy these games, um, but still support local. That's what they're there to help for. Hopefully they'll be able to help advise you with these sort of things and again that's where the knights come in as well there'll be plenty of people that um can help you find something similar to try to see if these are the right games for you and some games are really quick and easy um a good love of mine is the game double and it is literally as simple as can you match two pictures over two different cards if you can do that you can learn to play people don't realise games can be that simple and again it's, it is a cheaper option but it's trying to gauge what people want out of their games to start with to push them in the right nudge them in the right direction so you know you can see where we
0: head so I mean the question that I, I'm guessing a few people that might be on the fence about trying modern board games or even purchasing a modern board game is if they've been looking at, at the cheaper versions you know cheaper games like your double or ticket to ride for example pandemic that kind of thing does that necessarily mean that those games are is good.
1: No, um pandemic is absolutely one of my favorites. Um and to be quite honest, I'm pretty sure is what inspired uh, one of my even higher ranked games in the Thunderbirds co op game. These things are there to um they're classed as entry level games because of their price points, but they're also, you know, strong classics that people still play on a regular basis. And um we still go back to some of these games, and there's a reason for that because they're good. And the other good thing about what was classed as entry level games is it gives people an idea of what they like and what whether they want more or whether that's enough you know you don't want to be starting your look into the gaming industry into some colossal multi-day game you know that there are some out there an example of mine is twilight imperium i've played it i enjoyed playing it but you need to set aside almost an entire day if not a whole weekend
0: some real involvement
1: you know to play and it's an expensive game it's something like 150 pound game i think you know or if if not it's it's up there and you've got to be prepared to know what you're going into before you start that game but it is good fun it doesn't mean just because it's got a high price point it's the best game ever but at the same time I'd rather start you know I'd rather see what people want they might that might completely scare someone if they see this massive board with hundreds of pieces everywhere and lots of complicated rules that may not be for them and that could be what puts them off the entire um, genre in in general so you you look for what type of things people enjoy once they start learning what game mechanics are you can start them building up to something bigger and find where people sit and what they want to play. Yeah,
0: that's fantastic advice there, Ian. I mean, what one, one other point when we are talking about those cheaper games or any game for that for that point, how would you ensure that you are getting the best possible price point for a game you're interested in and how would you judge whether that game is worth that investment?
1: That's a really tricky question. It's interesting. I mean, personally, I'm a sucker for miniatures, which already adds a silly amount of money to each game. Um, there's a game that we will discuss later in the episode episode um castle panic i have the original version of that it's all cardboard it 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 plays exactly the same as the newer version that's coming up and there's no reason to not play the original but also it's nice to have nice shiny pieces all across your table you know it sort
0: of plays back to that that whole thing of when you're playing a physical game it's nice to to feel the dice it's nice to at the end of the day there is a difference between a cardboard piece and a plastic 3D moulded piece
1: there's always the element of people liking to bling up their games as well again I'm well known at the Hill Gamers for one of our favourite games Downforce I have replaced all of the cards miniatures, that ca- the Formula One card that it comes with, with little tiny micro Disney Pixar cars, And everyone loves it. it you know, it's not, it's not necessary for the game. It changes nothing on the gameplay, apart from having to make sure you don't nudge the table too much. And
0: just visually. <laughs> but visually it just, it's it looks opinion. amusing. Yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> and it's seen a lot in the trading card games as well. Pokemon likes its secret rare versions of lots of cards. There's no difference between the secret rare version and the normal version, other than it looks prettier and it's worth more. So, um, and harder to find. So people like the the more expensive versions of their decks at the higher end at the tournament just to show off. There's nothing wrong with that but at the end of the day there's also equally nothing wrong with just playing with the cheap cards to be able to have a fun game.
0: Yep and would you find uh, if you if you were interested in what in, in a game that you'd not seen played uh, maybe you've seen it in your local gaming store and, and you're happy with the price that they're going to charge you but you're still not you're still on, on the fence you're on the tipping point of the fence would you say it was a good thing to go to places like YouTube to watch any kind of reviewers that are on there from things like the dice tower and and shut up and sit down you know that kind of thing would would you say they help I
1: can't recommend enough doing your research Um, even with kickstarters a lot of them will send out an early product um, to people to test and you will tend to get some reviews with the test copies but the more research you do the more whether you know whether the game is going to be worth your while or not Um, there are plenty of review websites board game Geeks being one of the biggest ones Um, you could get a good idea of what the game looks like like what you know what the pieces look like i can give you a personal time when i didn't do this and i got stung which actually um there are many many versions of ticket to ride so i have the ticket to ride edition for marklin which is a model train company and i love my model trains. so i thought the, the the box outer is absolutely visually stunning yeah so that's the version i went for i did no research at all i just assumed that all of the art on the cards inside would be the same similar sort of style to the art on the outer box they still used pictures of model trains instead Instead of just artwork trains but they were just stock images stuck on a card and I was utterly disappointed because the entire game was a German map because it's a German company yeah but I could have got a European one that would have been much more engaging for just the local groups that I was in
0: yeah definitely
1: but there's nothing wrong with the copy I got and I do enjoy playing it but there's just that thought of it was something I thought it was more than what I was getting yeah so I was disappointed and again if I'd done any sort of five minutes of research just to go and have a look at pictures of what the box contains I'd have answered my Questions before I bought it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that is probably the best example that you could give of how how important researching games really is.
1: I'd like to put one other point in there as well. I would still like to try and support local though. It is easy to find a lot of these games a lot cheaper online because a lot of the online retailers buy in such bulk that they can sell almost at the cost prices for some of the stores, and you know, the independent stores. But if you're going to these places to try these games and they're helping you out, I'd be happy to pay that little premium more just for the having them in your hands there and then, but also keeping these places open to go back
0: yeah definitely you, you people you know people do tend to forget that you know we all pay rent on our houses and businesses are no different they have to pay for the buildings they're in and commercial retail units are very very expensive you know I mean we, we've obviously touched on in our introductory episode that yourself you ran a a business for a, for a small amount of time and unfortunately the business didn't succeed there were multiple things that that stopped you from from succeeding in that business but I imagine sheer costs of 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 brick and mortar stores would would definitely uh, wouldn't have helped you there.
1: And one of the hardest things as a business owner was wanting to do mates rates as it were, you know, and you just can't afford to.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and both yourself and me we we have been to as as we mentioned in the last episode we have we have had the luxury of going along to trade toy fairs and meeting up with some of the distribution companies and it's one of them things like the more same with everything, the more you buy of something, the better discount you're going to get. The big retailers online your Amazon etc they can afford to buy thousands of copies of one particular game at which point they'll probably get it at 50% off whereas your local gaming store may only be able to afford out of their kitty to to get in maybe six copies of that game in the hope that they're going to sell at least four of them straight away but because they're only buying six they may only get 10% off of RRP so if they're charging you RRP for a game it's probably because they have to make that 10% it's not a business if they get it and sell it to you what they pay for it they're never ever going to pay for the the unit they're in or anything like that you just have to remember these guys are there for you if they're putting in the effort to help you and even help you research whether that game is good for you or not it is so imperative to support those stores now so more than ever our local our local gaming store the comic shop has recently reopened i know i personally have been in and i've purchased a few extra games that i've wanted for a little while but probably could have done without but to be honest i know how much they've been suffering with the fact that they've been closed for nearly two months their rates haven't changed they're still paying rent on that building for two months so they've had no money coming in now is the time to really really show your support for the local gaming stores okay so we've touched on how important it is to support your local gaming store but i also alluded to a little secret hidden gem at the open of this podcast and i know you have used the, the two in particular and i know i have as well so ian please grace us with the wisdom of two of the secret hidden gems that we have come across that are available on the UK high streets. Uh,
1: one of the shops and again I've got a close tie to this because I used to work there when the Crawley one opened um, is TK Mac because of their way their engine work they just buy extra stock or whatever from different places and they spread it out across their stores. Last Christmas we got um, a, st- a couple of Star Wars Destiny sets and a few other really nice board games that were just dirt cheap and there's nothing wrong with them it's just the the way the um tk maxx's business model work um, and again nine times out of ten you probably won't find anything in there but when you, you normally see on the Facebook groups, people let know when um, these things have started appearing in places and then you get the mass march to try and be the first to go and find them.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the example I can definitely give there is I saw a post that went out on one of the Facebook groups that we're, we're part of about a game that was in uh, the TK Max stores last year. Uh, and it was a game that I don't own it's a game you don't know and I know it's a game that both of us wanted which was Star Wars Rebellion which is a 75 plus pound game and they were selling it for 20 pounds and I must have seen that probably five minutes after it was posted. And I'm not going to lie. I was off work that day. I ran to the town. Uh, We've got two TK Maxx's in Crawley for the record. I went to both of them and they had both had copies in and had sold out. I was at the first place within half an hour of that post going out. So there's someone who lives closer than me. And if you're listening, I'm coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) What's another one? What's the other secret hidden gem? And this one was the one that really surprised me. Um, This is the works.
1: Another discount store. We have some funny ones on this one. At Christmas, there were some games that were RRP'd at like £40, £50. Pounds. Never heard of them. Again, bad on me. Never did any research either, but didn't really take too much interest. Had a look into um, watching them go reduced at the um, coming up after Christmas, and they reduced further than the stickers that were actually on them. So we took a punt on them. And I have to say, I was thoroughly impressed. We played a game called Ryu, and I think we ended up with like three or four copies between a group of us. And
0: Yeah, my, I've got to admit, my partner absolutely so he loves that game she was one of
1: them and it was just real good fun like Pace a little good player versus player game and we really enjoyed it and another one is I backed a fantastic Walking Dead game that has the world's worst rulebook, book to man I paid an incredibly large amount of money on that game because the rule so bad the reviews of it tanked along with it and the only place I've ever seen it for retail was the worked website and Jason got it for that and the first expansion for about £20 for the pair yeah, whereas I paid right. a lot
0: yeah. more than that for my Kickstarter copy. (laughs) Yeah, so it it really... I mean, I think the only thing I was missing because there was two, two expansions on the Kickstarter, I got one expansion and the game and I paid £20 from their online store. They did get them in the brick and mortar store as well. However, they sold out really quickly and they were actually more expensive. So that's the other thing to remember is it is a high street store, but sometimes they put special stuff on their website. One of the ones that hit the the works website and it shocked loads of people all over the Facebook groups was actually Wingspan. Wingspan appeared on the works website at one point. And it was actually at a point that Wingspan was sold out everywhere. So it's almost as if that... The works had somehow bought out all of the copies, and they were selling them. Granted, they weren't at the ludicrously low prices that we we keep talking about. That it was selling for about forty pounds, but that's still less than the RRP.
1: Another quick gem that I will add in: I know we said two, but um, is actually your local charity shop. They're always worth a gamble. Um, again, it's all potluck, especially for them, because you know they don't buy anything in. But you can occasionally find some absolute gems, and depending on whether they've done their research, you might even find games incredibly cheap as well
0: well I think uh, I think we can draw the first section to a close now Uh, it's been good actually talking about the the second golden era of board gaming I know that's probably just my opinion but it really is a golden era in my mind and it's lovely to see that things are continuing the way they are but one last question I think I would have for you is do you see this progression going forward or do you see it starting to to peter out a little bit now
1: no it's still going strong has been for years so um, there's no reason why this should stop anytime soon there's never an ending stream of new ideas
0: different games you know otherwise we wouldn't be continuously buying them or doing this this is very true and speaking of new games that is a perfect segue to move on to the news kickstarter campaigns and event information okay so now on to the news there's been a, a couple of bits of news out there that are worthy of mention, I think. And the first one, and it really stood out to me, as another nostalgic game making its way, or another nostalgic thing making its way back, which was uh, Masters of the Universe. Back in August 2019, Netflix announced that they were going to do a brand new animated series, and I popped completely. I love... (laughs) He-Man, it's another sort of 80s nostalgic thing coming back. They also announced that Mark Hamill was going to be in the lead, which is amazing. Luke Skywalker as He-Man. Love it. (laughs) But now we have even more news to bring you, which is that Cool Mini or Not have... Bag themselves another nostalgic ip with the announcements of Master of the universe the board game there has been no word yet on a worldwide release and this one actually interests me because so far all they've announced is that it will be available in north and south america and throughout asia that is all they've said what do you think of that other than the fact that another cool mini or not <laughs> Um, That's quite an interesting one. I know...
1: I I have seen games have regional locking on them, even for board games, which sounds bizarre for a physical item.
0: Without a doubt, yeah.
1: But it'll be down to their licensing somewhere or another.
0: I mean, the real question is, being that it's CallMean or not a global company, if it is down to a licensing issue, I'm going to guess eventually they will be allowed to to roll it out worldwide.
1: a good example for this was I bought Thanos Rising um, from USAopoly... I had to get one of my friends who was on holiday in the States to hunt it down for me because we d- we had no news whether it was coming over. About two months later, it was in every board game store in the UK, but it yeah. took a long time to make its way over here. But the other one that surprised me is it's got reskins for Star Wars and Harry Potter. And I know the Star Wars one had the reverse where it was released in, in and around Europe, but there's no signs of if or when it's hitting the States.
0: No, exactly. I think the Harry Potter ones only just made its way here because, again, Harry Potter, a British franchise, was released in the States months before it was released in the united kingdom so it, it, yeah it's definitely one of those things to be honest uh and i would like to see it come here as like i say i i do have a bit of nostalgia love for the old he-man there especially if it's come out alongside that netflix series which i am definitely It will also be
1: interesting to see whether they skin it for the netflix series or the originals
0: that is a very good point and definitely the more news we got in that we will bring you as and when it is released. So another one, and uh, this is a biggie for those of you out there that love the game. Terraforming Mars is hitting Kickstarter again. It's not for a second print, it's actually for a big box. Uh, Literally, it is for a big box that will fit everything they've released in so far. And they're including 3D scenery. 3D tile pieces are coming with this big box expansion. So in this box, you will get 24 3D city tiles, 40 3D forest tiles, 9 3d ocean tiles and 14 special tiles uh this ex- this expansion is actually launching on Kickstarter on the 9th of june which I've got to admit I'm tempted by this one I like blinging my games
1: again it's another good game and a good example of making your games look pretty and look exciting there's nothing wrong with the original copy I'd be happy to play either but obviously lovely 3d print um, printed parts and components that you can pick up might l- just look more stunning the time but it, again you pay with the price. <laughs> yes,
0: without a doubt. Okay, so uh, a couple of Kickstarter campaigns that we're going to be talking about. Uh the first off we touched on a little bit earlier. Castle Panic. Game's been around for about 10 years now. Got to admit it's definitely one of my not favorite games but it's definitely up there. Ian actually owns a copy of this game. I do. Uh, I believe you. Have, do you have two different versions uh, of
1: it? No, just one expansion.
0: Just one expansion. It's a really good game. It's a fun game. I think everyone by now probably knows the premise of this game. What is back on Kickstarter is Castle Panic Deluxe Edition. It is an upgraded version of the Castle Panic. We touched on it earlier. It's still the same mechanics, but now it's a special limited run that they're doing on the Kickstarter, which will include new art on the on the cardstock, uh, plastic walls and towers, and the boulder itself is going to be plastic, so you can actually roll the boulder, which is amazing. Plastic monster minis. I love me some minis, and I love monster minis. Lots of painting needs to be done here and then finally we'll have a very unique sort of spinning style base for those minis as well Uh, wooden monster tokens and so you know, and so much more the list goes on there's loads that's coming with this Ian how do you feel are you going to replace your copy um,
1: I probably won't be just because I have to um, unfortunately watch my spending but I have a good note and a bad note on it the minis and the new artwork is stunning it's a really nice upgrade to it having a bigger box as well like we just mentioned with the past big box expansion it's always nice to have all of your components in one game rather than spreading them over multiple boxes
0: we all know how I love
1: to store my stuff in one box I do have one thing from having a look at the Kickstarter earlier. That I am disappointed with is they've made the deluxe for the base game. They haven't touched on the two expansions. You can buy them as tiers of your rewards to actually come with the game, but they will be the old style non minis, just add-ons, which for me will be a bit of a bugbear of having mixed game pieces yeah. on different styles. I was a yeah, bit I think I would uh,
0: definitely agree with you on that. I mean, maybe uh, it's one of those things. If if you are a backer of this game, you know, is it worth dropping dropping them a message and sort of saying, can we have have that as a stretch goal maybe you know the ability to upgrade those expansions to having the minis as well and the
1: other thing it's a hefty price point on it as well um, the minis do increase the game um, at least double the price point of what you would for the original game
0: so uh, I assume Ian now uh, you you know the price point on this would you would you care to reveal that for us um, and um, I'm scared what you're going to say to be completely honest because I'm genuinely thinking about backing this one myself and I haven't looked at that scary price point yet so the
1: um, price point for the actual game with the minis is $90 Oh, so I mean they do sell the minis on their own at 60 so that gives you a rough idea of how much they weigh up the game versus adding the, all of the plastic pieces.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the real question, maybe that, uh, that tier is in there for, for people like yourself that already own uh, the base game and, and yep. don't really want... It's an upgrade
1: kit. I mean, there's also, genuinely, with a lot of these things, you get people like me that usually go, oh, I'm interested in this game. Oh, I'm just going to go all in and go big or go home.
0: Oh, yes. I used to be like that.
1: I still am. <laughs>
0: Okay, so that is Castle Panic which is live on Kickstarter right now so if you are interested in that game head over to Kickstarter have a look see what kind of level you're looking at if you are going to back that game get in contact with us we'd love to hear your reasons why you're backing that game and yeah we're going to move on now to uh, another new game Ian, over to you So,
1: um, I'm going to give a shout out to one of our friends Ed we discussed before the tabletop simulator platform um, a lot of the Kickstarters now are trying to get their games developed on there for people to test so again we come across one called Bristol 1350. The description of it is a medieval game of racing, plague and deceit. Um, Ed wanted to try it before he um, potentially backed this game. And me, Jason and him sat down with a few others as well in our Monday game group and tried this. And I have to say, it was fantastic. It's... The it was
0: it was a real surprise actually. I, I I've got to admit I I didn't hold high hopes for it, but I I really really enjoyed that game.
1: So the premise of a game is you have a um, sixteen space map of Bristol, and you have three wooden carts. You have to try and get your cart to be ideally the first one out of the um, city but everyone on your cart needs to not be infected by the plague and the simple way of this is you have two symptom cards with numbers on if at any point in the game your numbers add up to six or more you have the plague for the rest of the game but however you roll dice to see w- um, each turn to see which carts move there's three colours on the dice with two symbols they're either rats or apples if two rats of your colour get revealed everyone on your cart at the end mingles so all of your numbered cards get shuffled into a pile plus one added from a deck they're all shuffled and re out so at any point in the game you could be fine but then suddenly get cards that make you ill or vice versa there are other like option cards and stuff you can play there's remedies and things that you can get and other moves you can get with special abilities to try and manipulate these things but there's simple premises you want your cart to get out as quickly as possible and either if you're already infected you want to try and infect everyone else as quickly as possible without people twigging or if not um because you lose regardless so you want to make as many other people lose as you can if not you want to Try and get your car out and work together with these people in your car to leave as quickly as possible and hope that you're all healthy.
0: So there is indeed a, uh, a player versus player aspect to that. However, the game itself is more along like a semi-cooperative gameplay isn't it?
1: You have to work together to get these carts because we were working against the other carts to try and change their dice to our colours you know to try and get it quicker but I, I had the luxury of being both healthy the entire way through one game we played and also starting the game with the plague and trying to work out how I can try and manipulate the different other players to try and make as many people <laughs> lose as I can which was just as much fun.
0: Without a doubt. Um, I, I definitely I definitely enjoyed this game i can well see obviously we played this game on tabletop simulator i can see when this game gets to us physically and we're able to play it in person a whole new aspect is going to come to this game because you are going to have poker face is going to be installed in this game you're going to be able to see people's faces and you're going to be able to tell if you're good at reading people's faces you're going to know exactly who has the play and who the hell you stay away from you
1: can't hide behind a screen in
0: person exactly exactly so i mean out of five what would you give that game solid 4 I, I, th- was... I think I would definitely agree with that that is definitely a 4 out of 5 game for me and what is the price point on that game so for the base game as itself it was $21 that's a pretty good um
1: they did an upgraded version as well that was $39 this now comes with metal carts um, and metal coins and, and it just generally a little bit tarted up it, 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 it looked <laughs> worth the extra, extra pennies in my opinion
0: I would definitely agree with that and from what I remember of looking at the kickstarter pledge even the base game game uh, because of stretch goals has received a few upgrades uh, if i remember correctly is now with a neoprene mat uh,
1: i believe so and the nice thing about this is the book as, as the box sorry comes as a book they look you could actually put their games they've got a series of four this is the fourth you could put them all up on a bookshelf and they would look they would sit right in
0: i think that'll work really well for those husbands that are trying to hide that they've purchased another game so there you go guys top quality cgc tip buy this game and hide it in amongst your wife's books. <laughs> Cool. (laughs) So, that is all what we've seen that's really stood out to us on Kickstarter this week. We've got one more section for you and that is... Event information. Agreed. uh, At the same time as last week, we're still in the middle of all this lockdown. So all these events are indeed cancelled. And the one I'm going to tell you about today was the UK Games Expo. It's one of our biggest expos here in the UK. And I was gutted to find that they, originally they postponed it, then they cancelled it outright. However, they have now announced that they are going to do what they are calling virtually expo. So basically what they're going to do is they are going to do an online version of the UK Games Expo. And that will be taking place on Friday, the twenty-first of August, through to Sunday, the twenty-third. And I think, uh, I think you and me will be uh, will be getting in on that action because that might help to take the sting out of uh, not being able to attend these things physically.
1: Yeah, it's a shame in this current era, but I can fully understand why they've done it. But at least we've now got something to look
0: forward to. Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm actually very much looking forward to that. And hopefully, we'll get some uh, some new game announcements out there from some of the companies. But I think that's. Uh, about all we got time for today, Ian. Yeah, um, it's been quite a good one. Uh, looking forward to carrying on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we have a rough idea of what we're doing now. Um, <laughs> so some say. <laughs> so some say, but I guess we'll see how you guys react. Obviously, if you have enjoyed what we've been doing here, what we have done today, what we've talked about today, please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, share and subscribe to our podcast. It really does help us bring the best content that you actually want to hear. You can hit us up on Facebook, twitter instagram just search for the podcast with crawley gaming community if you want to email us you can also do that at the podcast with crawley gaming community at gmail.com and you have anything else you want to add today stay well stay safe everybody fantastic thank you very much thank you very much for joining us guys we'll see you again very soon bye-bye goodbye